This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Greetings and welcome to this week's Still Ripples podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Uh, we're back into the book of Job, guys. Uh, we've made it all the way up to chapter 30. We have uh, made it way over the hump, and now we're heading down into the uh, the final stretch, so to speak. Uh, so, as always, Brian, uh, why don't you give us kind of a, uh, a run-up and a rundown? <clears throat> a lot of the translations really didn't give us any sort of titles for this uh that kind of lends to the reason that Job was still speaking and he was continuing on. The New American Standard Bible calls it Job's present state is humiliating. The New Living Translation entitles it Job speaks of his anguish. The God Word Translation breaks it into three parts. Uh, verses 1 through 19, Job talks about his present mercy, uh, misery, excuse me. 20 through 23, Job calls on God for help. 24 through 31, Job says, I am being punished by God. The Message Bible breaks it into two parts. Uh, verses 1 through 19, the pain never lets up. Verses 20 through 31, what did I do to deserve this? Certainly a question we all ask. Oh, yeah. The Net Bible breaks it, in, uh, breaks it down into four parts. Verses 1 through 8, Job's present misery. Verses 9 through 15, Job's indignities verses 16 through 23 Job's despondency and verses 24 through 31 the contrast with the past and you know as Brian mentioned this is a continuation from what we uh, heard uh, read in 29 which 29 Job had more of a positive spin or not really spin a, a more of a positive demeanor on what had been happening uh, and uh, in a way kind of giving praise for um, the different things that he had in his life kind of a reflection on his life yeah I mean it was about his it was about all the joy that was in his life uh, I guess to steal a phrase from Satan I mean God had you know Satan said that God had built a hedge a protecting or a hedge around Job mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> obviously Job could identify in a sense that with the joys mm-hmm. with all the joys I mean it wasn't necessarily I guess pointing that in that sense but you can see the shift and we're mm-hmm. definitely going to see the shift in how he describes what has taken place in his life and, and how it was before we see it you know a comparison and contrasting going on mm-hmm. so without uh, further ado chapter 30 verse 1 but now they mock at me men younger than I whose fathers I disdained to put them the dogs to put with the dogs of my flock indeed what profit is the strength of their hands to me their vigor has perished they are gaunt from want and famine 
fleeing late to the wilderness, desolate and waste, who pluck mallow by the bushes and broom tree roots from, for their food. They were driven out from among men. They shouted at them as at the thief. They had to live in the clefts of the valleys, in caves of the earth and the rocks. Among the bushes they brayed. Under the net nettles they nested. They were sons of fools, yes, sons of vile men. They were scourged from the land, and now I am their taunting song. Yes, I am their byword. They abhor me. They keep far from me. They do not hesitate to spit in my face, because he has loosed my bowstring and afflicted me. They have cast off restraint before me. At my right hand the rabble arises. They push away my feet, and they raise against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path, they promote my calamity, and have no helper. They come as broad breakers under the ruins, sto ruinous storm they roll along. Terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my honor as the wind, and my prosperity has passed like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out because of my plight. The days of affliction take hold of me. My bones are pierced in, in me at night, and my gnawing pains take no rest. By great force my garment is disfigured. It binds me about as the collar of my coat. He has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. Um, since a lot of the translations stop right there. Um, again, looking at this, Job uses an amazing uh, kind of poetic way of of pointing out that even in his current state, there were those that he um, would 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 basically uh, stand over. Yet they're in their uh, in their vile ways, and now their kids, because of his current state, are even mocking him. Huh. They're. Um, he he really paints a picture of how bad off he's become. Well, the phrase "but now" is very important. If you're ever mm -hmm. looking, you know, oftentimes when we're looking through Scripture, we're looking for verses. We're just mm -hmm. trying to find verses that match our lives. Mm -hmm. But it's like it said, like like various uh, theologians, preachers, and stuff said. You know, therefore is a very important part of Scripture because, as they say, you know, you got to see why it's therefore, so you go back and you read. Mm -hmm. Same with this. If you read this part alone, you're going to be like, wow, just all this negativity, is, it, it's just mm -hmm. overwhelming. It, it brings me down. Yep. So go back and see what he's contrasting it with. He's saying, but now, go back to chapter 29 and read through that and then mm -hmm. see how it corresponds with it. Mm -hmm. You can certainly, as you're saying, you know, very poetic and everything, you can certainly feel his pain. Mm -hmm. You can feel all that is happening to him. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, Job was once a wealthy man. People thought very highly of him. And now, you know, not even the sons of vile men, not even the sons of, uh, you know, what we would identify as evil or bad people or whatever, mm -hmm. not even they have any respect for him. Uh, they treat him as a byword. They treat him, you know, less. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. than than anything that they would consider revile. It's even less than that. It's something bad. I mean, once a man who was esteemed is now below mm-hmm. those who are who are who are considered, you know, quite distasteful type, type evil people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as we, we've pointed out in pretty much every chapter, he still acknowledges God in this. In verse 11 it says, Because he has loosed my bowstring and afflicted me, they have cast off restraint before me. Um, you know, he's he's acknowledging God is still in this. He, isn't, he hasn't uh, pushed God out. Uh, you know, it's, it's not the... In a lot of ways, when when you go through the traumas and struggles that he has, and again, you go back to the the previous chapter, and he's giving praise and glory, and now he's saying, you know, God has afflicted me this way. He's uh, he's loosed my bowstring. He's letting me go through this. Um, and to Brian's point, you know, it's 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 just laying on layer after layer. There's so much negativity that that he's he's experiencing but given given the circumstances he's gone through a lot of this is i mean what's what's on his heart mm-hmm. i mean it, it it's it's painful to read um the struggle but you can put yourself into his his position just based on the amount of uh the the, the way that he's written this mm-hmm. chapter 29 points out i had all these things it was it was wonderful it was great i was blessed and 29 contrasts that, as, as you said, with where he is now, what he's experiencing now, what he's feeling now, uh, the current struggles that he has. Yeah. It's not wrong to acknowledge your past. I mean, mm-hmm. as believers, our past is a part of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And so it's never wrong to do what Job did and acknowledge your past, whether it be blessing or whether it be a curse, mm-hmm. you know, of what has happened to us, you know, of of our downfall, of various things that happen to us. So it's never wrong to acknowledge your past. It is wrong to live in your past. Mm -hmm. Job isn't doing that. He's acknowledging it, but he's also taking an account of what's happening here in the present. Mm -hmm. As a psychiatrist, William Glasser wrote, or as he writes, all patients have common characteristics, have a common characteristic. They deny the reality of the world around them. Job is not denying it. Mm -hmm. He's He's acknowledging it. He's recognizing it, <clears throat> and he's drawing a contrast with his past, so that we, I mean, I mean, so that people around him can fully understand his pain and what he's doing. You know, he refuses to live in his past. We see that. You know, he he knows he can't. He can't go back to that. But uh, we see this in his lamentation. But he does long for such days. I mean, do you not long for days that have been fruitful? Days that you have that you can. You know, literally feel the presence of God. You feel His blessing in your life. Of course we long for those days. But you know what? Sometimes that longing, you know, that can be a tether for us. And we can say, you know what? I want to go back to those days, especially when we're at fault. Mm-hmm. But Job, he's saying, you know, I don't know what my fault is. I have no fault. So he has that tether to the past or whatever, but he's dealing with what he has now and yeah we have to make through we have to walk through the valley we really do and he's acknowledging that 
<clears throat> you know, you actually you, you bring up a very good point that a lot of times um, it, it is that longing to have that that feeling of mm-hmm. being close to God because there there is a distinct there is there is a distinction between being in His presence and being apart. And as as that separation happens, it's it's kind of a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a, it's an extreme thing, but majority of the time it's gradual until you stop and look around and realize. Look how far I've come. I want to be back there. So, as you mentioned, it can be that tether. It can be what draws you back. You, you're not going to go back to the exact same point. You can't. But you can go back to a new place. And now you've got that trial because we've always we've got things in our past. We all do that that God can use to be a witness to people, and that is our testimony. Um, because of that, we may be able to reach people in a way that others can't, but without going through that trial and realizing that I have made this mistake, I have made this fault, mm-hmm. that you have that that ultimately that uh, that reconciliation with God, that that coming back, so to speak, you know, much like uh, in the book of Matthew when it talks about the prodigal son, it's it's that contrast. And I think what is really uh, good here. <clears throat> It is, it is often easy to recognize the transition within a person and the change in everything that is within them when they go from a bad life to a holy life. Mm-hmm. But in Job, we see a holy life, and then we see all this happening to them, all this tragedy. Mm-hmm. So you see the acknowledgement of his friends. They're like, oh, you know, you've done something wrong. But to see the attitude of Job as one of praise in the very beginning in chapter 1... I believe it was, to see him cry out to God and to fall on his face and to worship him, going from a state of holiness and to what his friends call unholy, which it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was a state of holiness and in praise and in blessing, to see blessing being withdrawn and him going down like that and still having the attitude of worship, that is a humongous testimony, especially to someone like me, because to see him still clinging to God. Mm-hmm. It is easy to cling to God when times are going good, but when they're going bad, it is so hard. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to cling to God. And yet to see Him do that, and you don't just see it in spurts. You see this long transition of blessing being withdrawn, you know, step by step. And Job still acknowledging God throughout all of it. I mean, that, that is a testimony. Mm-hmm. So in verses 1 through and you know, 1 through 19, certainly... Um, <clears throat> I like what where, uh, Warren Wearsby did. He contrasted, uh, he said that there are five complaints that, quote, parallel the joys that he named in chapter, uh, that he, you know, being Job, named in chapter 29. In uh, verses 1 through 15, he uh, says that this section be, should be called, I have no respect. And this parallels with a uh, uh, Job 29 verses 7 through 11 which which is where he stated when I was out to the gate of the city when I took my seat in the square he was talking about his position that he had a position of respect and now uh, <clears throat> you know Greg read to uh, 19 which which is the you know perfect spot to read to but also in verse 16 and we will see as we continue reading into verse 23 we we, we have a feeling here or we see, Job expressing, I have no blessing. 
And this will correspond with uh, uh, chapter 29, verses 2 through 6. Oh, that I were in months gone by as the days when God watched over me. When God watches over you, you feel that blessing. Mm -hmm. Let's continue. Mm -hmm. Verse 20. I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you and you regard I stand excuse me I stand up and you regard me but you have become cruel to me with the strength of your hand you oppose me you lift me up to the wind and cause me to ride on it you spoil my success for I know that you will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living surely he would not stretch out his hand against a heap of ruins if they cry out when he destroys it, have I not wept for him who was in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? But when I looked for e- uh, for good, evil came to me. And when I waited for light, then dark uh, then came darkness. My heart is in turmoil and I cannot rest. Days of affliction confront me. I go about mourning. But not in the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry out for help. I am a brother of jackals and a, and a companion of ostriches. My skin grows black and falls from me. My bones burn with fever. My harp is turned to mourning, and my flute to the voice of those who weep. So you can certainly see the withdrawal of blessing, and him acknowledge that as I have no blessing. In verses 24 and 25, we can see the uh, correspondence here. I have no help because he he's saying, "I cry out to you, but you do not answer me." And going down to twenty four, he says, "Surely he will." I mean, again, it, it, it's not directed at God again, but it's directed at everyone else. And he's mm-hmm. talking about what he's doing and what and how God is reacting to it. He says, "Surely he would not stretch out his hand against a heap of ruins. His life is a heap of ruins." You know why? You know why would God stretch out? Why would He provide help to a heap of ruins? <clears throat> but He says, "If they cry out when He destroys it, have have I not wept for Him who was in trouble?" He's talking about. He's relating what He has done in His life for those in need, mm-hmm. and corresponding that to God. He's saying, "You know, have I not reached out? Have I not wept for whom who is in trouble?" Has not my soul grieved for the poor? He's saying what he has done, and he's relating to that as what God is doing to his life now. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, uh, again, uh, reading through it, the 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 way that he describes it, the way that he he, he tells it is just it it's it's tragic to read. I mean, we've we've read. We read how he lost these things. This makes it a lot more personal when he's actually speaking it from his heart. Um, you know, I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I mean, how many times is that how we feel? Mm-hmm. You know, that we, we you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to so many people that base their faith off of whether they heard from God or not. Well, I cried out in my time of need and I didn't hear him. He wasn't there. So now I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to, you know, be part of this. You know, it's so easy to let that be a guideline. You know, and uh, I, I even mentioned this uh, this past week. Um, you know, the the footprints in the sand. Even when it seems like God is not there, when we only look back and see one set of footprints, that 
he is still there. He's still in control. Whether he's given us the answer we want or we feel we deserve or not, he's still there. Yeah. And, you know, I it, just to read read through this, it 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 breaks my heart because I can I can see this and I can relate to times in my life where I've I've felt this way. I hadn't necessarily gone through what Job had gone through, mm-hmm. but there are times in in my past that I'm like, why? What? I mean, I I, I thought I was doing exactly what you wanted, God, but now this. Why am I going through this trial right now? Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, in, even in 21, but you've become cruel to me with the strength of your hand, you oppose me. Again, he's still acknowledging the power that God has. Yeah. All, all power, all authority, everything is God's. And he is giving... He's admitting that there's only one way that this could happen because there's only one person in control, and that's God. The thing about it is, <clears throat> when we go down in the deepest valleys of our life, we expect God to come help us. We expect Him to be faithful. His Word says He's faithful. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, if we're going to expect God to come down into the darkest valley of our life, we have to continue to echo our voice in mm-hmm. that valley of praise and worship yes. and continue to cry out to Him. Mm-hmm. It isn't the fact that He doesn't hear us. Yeah. He does hear us. Yeah. But He is faithful. We have to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Just like the Lord says, you know, I'm the Lord God. I'm holy. You will be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. We have to be faithful as He is faithful. Yeah. I mean, it, just as we praise Him on the mountaintops when everything's going great, you got that promotion at work, you got that raise you need, you got mm-hmm. that new car, new house, family, everything's going good, and you give Him the praise, you know, thank you, Lord, for all of this. He's the same God in the valley as He is up on that mountaintop. Yeah. And to Brian's point, the holiness that is within us, that praise, that worship, we take with us everywhere, whether we're up on up on the top or down in the valley. And Job echoes that, that he has that worship even in the valley. Again, you can't just look at chapter 30. You've got to look at chapter 29, which goes into chapter 30. And um, to, to see that, Kind of thing, you know. There, there have been people that have had major struggles in their lives that still give glory and honor to God in spite of their situation. And as believers, that's what we're called to do: is in spite of our situation, in spite of what day of the week it is, the struggles we have, the problems we're going through, give praise and honor to give glory to worship with everything we have. And these words are easier said than done. Because, in all honesty, Satan knows where our struggles are. He knows where our downfalls are. When you start going one way for God, Satan will be right there to... Maybe maybe you, you, you think of your past. Maybe you judge yourself based on your past. He'll be right there to remind you of it. You know, Maybe you've gotten over an addiction. That addiction may resurface. Satan uses our weaknesses, but... The cool thing about God is it's through our weaknesses that we are made strong. And it's through His help that it's possible. It's not by our own strength, but His. And definitely a testament here. You know, Job, like you said, he asks a lot of the questions that we ask. But in this, 
we do not see him turn from God and he doesn't curse God. Mm -hmm. But he does ask the hard questions. And the thing about it is, if you're going to ask a question of God, be ready for an answer. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, ask with an expecting heart. But as this podcast is entitled, you know, you've got you've got to take a take account. You've got to take responsibility for your questions. Mm -hmm. Certainly. <clears throat> so we can see that you know I have no respect I have no blessing this this is what job is is feeling here and what he's dealing with in these various verses I have no help verse verses 26 through 28 I have no future we see this parallel to his joy in <clears throat> chapter 29 verses 18 through 20 where he says then I thought I shall die in my nest and multiply my days as the sand so he's talking about his future there and then to end the chapter, I have no ministry, verses 29 through 31, in correspondence to verses 21 through 25 in chapter 29, where he says, To me they listened and waited and kept silent for my counsel. So we can certainly see all that in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's neat how you, you can see that contrast between where he's, he's giving the positive and then the negative on the other side, where he was, where he is. And, you know, Brian made that point. You've, you've got to live in the now. You've got to live in where we're at. You know, you can't change your past. You can't predict the future. You just have to live where you are right now. You can make choices that will affect your future. But the fact of the matter is... You've got to live exactly where God has put you and where you are currently, whether it's good, bad, indifferent. I mean, it may not be the worst day of your life. It may be the best. It, it may be the worst. But, mm. you know, the fact is you can contrast your life with your past and you look back and you learn from that. that I mean, that's really what history is about is learning from the past, learning from those, learning from the mistakes finding where you were versus where you are today have you moved forward have you moved back if you haven't if you've moved back then why let's get back on the right course and the cool thing that job has done is you know Brian Brian even said it he was giving praise to God when it started he's still giving praise now that hasn't changed we're watching a a man who had blessings who worship God have those blessings stripped away, yet still worship God. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. You know, whether it be one or two slip-ups that someone has in that, you know, they may be like, okay, yeah, you know, God's, God's in control. He's got it. But the longer stretch of time that you put to that, a lot of times people begin to fall off. You know, as days turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years, that if the blessing is removed, people begin to do things, you know, question their faith. Am I really, am I really saved? Am I really living in God's, uh, God's grace? Am I doing what He wants? Sometimes that, in and of itself, is a question we have to ask. And you know, like Brian said, Job is asking the hard questions. And to again, to the point, you've got to be ready for those answers. If you're willing to ask the question, God is willing to answer it, but it may not be what you expected or even to your liking at times. Sometimes it's not going to be something we understand anyway, as God will tell Job. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is faithfulness isn't a matter of time. It's a matter mm -hmm. of commitment and trust in God. It's a matter exactly. of 
of your faith being expressed in God. It's not about how many days I'm faithful to God, how many years I'm faithful to God. No, it is remaining in that commitment to God and not letting, whether it be the Satan or the world, to deter you, you remain in God. You, as as they say, you practice His presence. You stay within Him. Well, you act, I mean, you, you made a very uh, amazing point there. You know, commitment. Yeah. Uh, the best commitment that I've made next to my salvation is that, that I made to my wife. Exactly. When I made a commitment, it, it was until death do us part. It's not me setting a goal or counting down, you know, all oh, right, I've only got, you know... Ex- I made a commitment to my wife that every single day of the remes- the rest of my life or her life, I will honor her, I will cherish her, I will spend my life. And that's that's our relationship with God. That's what he's called us to do is make a commitment. Something that goes beyond mere words, mere actions. It is a lifestyle. It is who we become in him. The old is gone the new remains that we're not counting down the days till the end we are daily taking up our cross and following him and that's what he calls us to do if you would uh, join us in prayer Dearly Father, Lord God, I just want to say thank you so much for this community that you've uh, blessed us with, Lord, and uh, we, we give it back to you. I pray that you would just help it to grow in spirit and in strength, Lord. If there's anybody who, out there who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord God, I pray that uh, they would come to know you before it's, it's too late, Lord. And I pray that uh, our words would pierce the hearts of, uh, of those watching this, Lord, that maybe something uh, sparks a question in them that, that they are seeking answers for. Lord, I pray that you would be with those who are sick, who are hurting. Uh, we just uh, pray peace and comfort uh, for them, Lord God. Uh, again, thank you so much for everything you've done for us and all the uh, many blessings that you've given us, Lord. We can't say thank you enough. And uh, just give us a safe week this week and bring us back again safely next week. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And now for the proverb, and reading out of the New Living Translation. Proverbs 17, verses 16 through 21. It is senseless to pay tuition to educate a fool, since he has no heart for learning. A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. It's poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for a friend. Anyone who loves to quarrel loves sin. Anyone who trusts in high walls invites disaster. The crooked heart will not prosper. The lying tongue tumbles into trouble. It is painful to be the parent of a fool. There is no joy for the father of a rebel. Well, there's many, 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 many different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, if you check out our website at www.stillripples.org, um, there you will find uh, something such as our blogs and the discussion boards. Um, and we also have a Facebook page and various other ways of contacting us, suggesting you know various uh, topical podcasts and stuff that we can do in the future. Um, you can provide questions. You, I mean, hard questions, uh, some of the easier questions. I mean, whatever is troubling you in your life, present it, and your trouble, your issue, your concern could be the next episode of Still Ripples. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking for that kind of stuff. So uh, we love you guys. Take care. 
God bless.